your brow today takes everything you got Taking a break from brown girl worries Let's all drink up a shot Wouldn't you like to get away? Grab your phone and download the Fudge Up Podcast right away So they keep us entertained You wanna be where you can see Problemas are all the same Assimilation where butchers put all the blame You wanna be where you can see Problemas are all the same Assimilation where porches put all the blame. Hey, it's the Pocha Podcast where we, like you, are at the intersection of brown pride and assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And Charlene, this is Episodio 42. Dang. We're getting ever so close to our ages. I know. We're going to catch up very quickly. Does this mean, though, that this year we can have two birthdays, one... Mm. That matches our age when we do an episodio and one for our birthday. I think we should. Okay. Celebrate all the things. Yes. Any reason to celebrate. Agreed. Well, we're halfway through September and damn, this has been a month. (sighs) Halfway through, it's been a month. Has it just been one month because... It feels like 10? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. So we're going to get through a couple of the things that have happened in this month. We are going to talk a little bit about the Queen. We're going to shift gears and talk a little bit about self-sabotage. And then in the Que Hay de Nuevo, we're going to take a look at some Selena and some Ariel. Yeah, we are. I'm, I think we're going to end on a high note. I like it. Okay. Okay. But let's, let's start off with, and this is not breaking news. The queen is dead. Like that's not that's not the that's not what we're going to talk about. It's not her death. It's not. It's the aftermath. <sighs> so, admittedly, when they first when I got the when I got the BBC because you know who doesn't have BBC Twitter that gives them updates. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everyone. I got it in the morning and I was like, oh, I think this is it. Not in a fun, happy way, but just like, oh, she's 96. Fuck. I mean, I think this is it. Yeah, she's, I mean, yeah, she's 96. And so I kept it on the news in the background the whole day. And, um, you know, just to keep in touch with what was going on. No particular reason. I usually have something on in the background while I'm working. Mm-hmm. A podcast, music, something. Just happenstance. I was like, oh, let's just keep it on BBC and let's, you know, let's just see how this ends. Mm-hmm. And... um so yeah, died the things, and I, I will, <laughs> so my first reaction was like, you know, having lost my abuela that I'm close to, like, I was like, ah, oh, man, that must suck for the family. Like, that was my first initial, like, that sucks. Wow. Yeah. As a human being mm. who's lost grandparents, like, fuck, you know? You're a really nice person. I... You, I was like, what are they going to do with her corgis? <laughs> Who does it, keep the corgis? That's Where what I was that wondering. <laughs> Hani, you and Hani were on the same wavelength, to which I said, oh, they're going to be like the Egyptians and take them with her. <laughs> I mean, they're, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, that aside, though, like there has been an uproar in reaction mm-hmm. to um, her death. Yeah, for so sure. So there is that level of pomp and circumstance that comes with being a monarch, right? Apparently. 
Um, and there's a whole like plan that they put in place that was London Bridge has fallen. What a co- that was like the code, right? That mm-hmm. was the code. That phrase. was the official code. Yeah. Wow. And in all of that, and I will say, I'm not a fan of the monarchy. Any monarchy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, except in my house, Hani is the queen. But I'm wow. not a. Wow. <laughs> what did you do wrong? <laughs> I'm not a fan of the monarchy. I didn't. She's just. Like one of my grandfathers had called his wife his reina, and I just thought that was like the sweetest thing. Oh, that is cute. So I'm not a fan of the of any monarchy. So in the aftermath of what I would call respectability politics, where people are policing how we're supposed to feel, mm. it's like, well, sh- you know, you can't you can't tell anybody how they feel after a death, and you certainly can't police an oppressed people's reaction Mm. to the oppressor Mm -hmm. that's a big one that's a big one and the example that I had was in 2008 at a previous job where you know I did radio Jesse Helms died and Jesse Helms was a former legislator at the federal level who was anti-gay, like mm-hmm. anti-gay. Outwardly oh my saying God. horrible shit all the time. Horrible. Yeah. And when he died and we went on air that night, there was, we were like not, oh, may he rest in peace. It was like <laughs> about fucking time. Bye. Right? Yeah. Like where do we send the black roses to? Like all of the things. Mm-hmm. And we just had an opportunity and an outlet for people who, who were oppressed by the oppressor to just air whatever it was that was going on Mm -hmm. i think the difficulty for people in this moment comes with the image of this little viejita and like how bad could she have been right there's this Mm -hmm. this image that we have with this frail 96 year old lady with her tiny dogs that is like how is that harmful like pobrecita she was you know old (laughs) (laughs) so i think that um when you think of tyranny when you think of colonialism we don't traditionally think of this little tiny old lady and yet that's what she represented and was for decades so even if you are even if you are frail like let's let's just say she was only a monarch for the last 10 years even under that time, you are still colonizing other countries. There was the United Kingdom, of which there are several countries under the throne. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You still have a responsibility, no matter how much outside of politics you are. Right. She was a constitutional monarch, meaning mm-hmm. let let the constitution play out. I'm really not going to get myself involved. Mm-hmm. You still have that. Which respons- is a decision. Yeah, it is a decision. Yes. Non de- non deciding. That's is a decision. A decision very good point you are still in charge of and can make changes and say Mm -hmm. like okay you know what let's just get rid of this and start fresh and good luck to the rest of the countries Mm -hmm. canada it's been great new zealand (laughs) you've been awesome you know australia sorry about the prison you know making you yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. you could you could and and had 72 years in which to do it right i'm sorry 70 years 70 years can I tell you the, the one thing that made me laugh really hard? <laughs> it wasn't Irish and black TikTok? No. <laughs> Dang it. I've missed a whole I've missed a whole genre of laughter mm-hmm. that I will now have to go research. No, it was a, a meme that was sent to me because you know how much I love the Golden Girls. Oh yes. 
So there was a meme on one side it had Betty White and on the other side it's it had the Queen and it said final score <laughs> America ninety nine with Betty White England ninety six. <laughs> oh my god. And I was done laughing my ass off. <laughs> I will say this, like I'll I think this is a generalization that I can make for the most part. I don't, you know, try not to make generalizations because they're oftentimes proven wrong. But oppressed peoples oftentimes use laughter and humor as their way of coping. Memes are one of the examples. Mm -hmm. And yes, there's probably a, you know, there is a fine line between shitty memes that are in theory funny to somebody and then there's Mm -hmm. funny memes. I, I get to make that decision for myself all day long. That one was funny as and hell. And that one was funny as hell. Yeah. I. It, also, bro- the other one of the 73-year-old man finally gets job. <laughs> finally gets job. Yeah. That was the other one. That was so funny. <laughs> no, I. you were talking about the pomp and circumstance, and there is. There's all these, these traditions that have to come with a royal passing, right? Or a royal wedding, or a royal baby, or all the things. And... It reminded me of when Princess Diana died. Mm. My mother did not leave the couch for two fucking days. Like, she had to watch. I mean, three in the morning, she would be up drinking cafe, watching whatever procession of people just laying flowers down in Mm -hmm. the tunnel or around the tunnel or whatever. I'm like, what are you even doing? Because she felt so connected and so sad for this loss it was just baffling to me and I mean I'm I'm not seeing that reaction this time around which is really interesting to me and I'm wondering how have the oppressed evolved so that they feel like they have a voice and Diana was like Diana felt like she's one of us that's in this shit situation or whatever like it was a different obviously it was a different thing but it's interesting to me the difference so a lot of things are different between now and then right like the biggest thing is social media where you have anonymity and we've Mm -hmm. talked about this before we have anonymity to be assholes Mm -hmm. and we have anonymity to express legit feelings Mm -hmm. um i think the other thing is that we really have the conversation has evolved around the colonizer the colonized what it means to be oppressed by an oppressor Mm -hmm. and even things like making it not deciding is a decision yep those conversations have also evolved and yes there was a sense of like diana's not one of us but like she was more relatable Mm -hmm. definitely more relatable and the world did grieve her loss Mm -hmm. and to be fair it's not like we knew some of the back conversations that might have been happening in ireland or Mm -hmm. in parts Mm -hmm. of africa yeah because we didn't have that like you said that social media Mm -hmm. fire that buzz that whatever and it was a tragic death i mean it was an accident it was tragic she was young there was all of that that also felt like oh my gosh you know people had something to grasp onto but you know 96 like eh. this to me brought light to a couple things the first was like that respectability politics of like you have to be respectful Mm. this like don't speak ill of the dead yeah Mm -hmm. and to i go back to to me you cannot dictate my emotions and being a person who in different facets of my identity 
has my um, has my emotions monitored all the time. Mm-hmm. Can't cry because you're an emotional woman. Can't be mad because you're an angry mad, woman. Because you're an angry Latina woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and can't be, you know, like I'm in a box as a lesbian as well. Mm. Like all of the <laughs> all of these different parts of me that are already policed. Yeah. And that resonates more with me than the death itself. Interesting. What about you? Like, eh. Meh, for the most part. And mm. can I ask a dumb question? Sure. I can barely keep up with American politics, <laughs> and I know this is your jam. Maybe not, you know, English politics, but what did she do? You know that silence music? <laughs> I mean, really, she's, so what is she as in the head of state? Yeah. Okay, so, A, they still, she's still the head of, or well, was, whoever mm-hmm. the monarch is for England is the head of the church, the Church of England. Right. They're also the head of the country and all of its territories. Mm-hmm. And yes, that's largely symbolic, mm-hmm. but there is that tie between a God-given right to a throne and leading a country so in even in its symbolism it even though it's not like you change laws or anything you you still are the last name on the dotted line Mm -hmm. so even policies that are done in your name in your country by a whole bunch of other people you know the house of commons all that stuff you're at the end of the day the buck stops with you well, I didn't even like it when the other Bush got to be president because I was like, do you know how many millions of people there are in this fucking country and we're going with the same family and the first one wasn't that great and really we're going to go with the other one? So this to me, I mean, I get the the historical, the whatever, but also, eh. yeah, that's where I'm at with it. So there was a lot of um, there was a lot of reactions on TikTok. There was you know Irish and Black TikTok blew up. Mm-hmm. Native TikTok also mm-hmm. had their hand in in commentary with regards to being an oppressed people and what sure. um, what colonization has done to them. And in thinking about this piece for from a Pocha perspective, mm-hmm. right? Spain still has its monarchy. Mm-hmm. They have a king, King mm-hmm. Felipe the Sixth. So does he, same thing, head of state, like does he do anything literally? No, he goes around and he visits and he does the stuff and the things. Mm-hmm. Spain does not have a, a kingdom like, mm-hmm. um, like the UK or like England did, right? They have just a couple islands and then their actual country. How, what would the reaction be from Latinx countries if the mm-hmm. king, if, the king if, and when, if and when the king died mm-hmm. in Spain? Mm-hmm. Like same thing, like, oh, just get rid of the fucking monarchy. Right, because it's still, I mean, the 73-year-old man who now has a job, it's the same thing. Right. It's not like anything's going to change no. unless he comes in and does some whirlwind whatever, which is Highly not unlikely. Likely. Right. Yeah. So from, from the Pocha perspective, I was, you know, trying to put myself in the shoes of like, okay, I'm tied to a country that was colonized and what the death would mean to the, their former colonies and what the reaction would be in mm-hmm. that case. 
And honestly, it's not like Mexico would be like, I let's put our flags at half mast or, right. you know, pour one out. It'd be like, bye. bye. We left you for a reason. That was a toxic relationship mm. that we had. <laughs> Remember when we broke up? Yeah, mm-hmm. that we're still broken up. We're still broken up. Yeah. Because that is this, the same symbolism of which is the pomp and circumstance is the same symbolism of which is oppressing peoples. And there's never been an apology. So you're not going to send Charles a casserole? (laughs) (laughs) No. Pobrecito Chuck. Felipe will not get an enchilada tray. Nothing. No. Not at all. Not for me anyway. No. Well, something else that resonates with us and shifting gears just a little bit, um, because you are listening to the Pocha podcast at that intersection of brown pride and assimilation. Um, So one of the things that we resonate with is self-sabotage self-sabotage cat and you're the one who's brought this up like you've talked about it several times maybe not like hey we should do this this month but it's like this is a topic that we relate to and probably because i'm just realizing that i self-sabotaged again (laughs) and i'm like we should talk about this so that i can feel better about myself (laughs) so what 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 brought this for like why did you want to talk about this well exactly that i find myself doing it all the time and uh so self-sabotage what is it it behaviors, beliefs, actions, things we do to keep us from reaching our goals. And it's underneath it, it's rooted in a lack of self-confidence, fear, anxiety. And it really just, it fucks us up. It keeps us from being the best version of ourselves. And I do it all the time. And I realize that I'm doing it. And sometimes I realize that I'm doing it and I like nod my head in agreement with myself and proceed to fuck it up. Like, <laughs> what is wrong? So I do feel that I've matured slightly because I used to do it with relationships. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was bad. I would do it with relationships. And now I'm like, and, and like, and again, knowing like, oh, this is going to blow the fuck up. Let's go. Here we go. Ready? Light the match. Um, Three, two, exactly. One. Houston. Yeah. Now I feel like it's other things. Like I'll be I'll be working out all the time. Not all the time. Okay. But <laughs> for me all the time. Like three times a week. And then like eating really healthy and whatever. And then I will just make every excuse on the planet to just not do it anymore. And I'll get to the point where I'm like, oh, I'm starting to feel better. I'm more clear headed. I am seeing differences in my body. This is great. And then a la chingada just like <laughs> all to hell and then i'm like oh well i fucked it up yesterday why wouldn't i fuck it up today because it's already all messed up and right. then i just go down Snowball. this path and it's bad it's bad so what's the underlying like um we're self-sabotaging because we don't deserve it we don't deserve the the what the accolades the the success partially yes can be we don't we feel like we don't deserve it so for latina people this is interesting for Mm -hmm. latina people part of it can be this underlying piece that is internalized oppression so you have been conditioned by society to think and to understand that people that look like you are lazy criminals stupid dirty whatever Mm -hmm. not fit 
don't go outside like the just things that we see that we don't consciously parse out all the time we're not like unpacking all this shit all the time we just see it and hear it and it becomes quote-unquote normal Mm -hmm. so then we start distancing ourselves from people that we think might meet that criteria we start distancing ourselves from people that are closer to that like recent immigrants or whatever so then this self-hatred thing starts coming up right where you're like and my proximity to whiteness is gonna get a lot closer because i'm not them Mm -hmm. i'm successful i'm wealthy all the things we're being told we should value that are not the cultura and then we're in this dissonance right we're in this i'm either this thing or that thing and one of those is valued and the other one is not so which one do i want to be right which is the whole pocha dynamic right yeah this is exactly that and another piece part of it for me is control i like to be in control because i'm 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 a fearful anxiety ridden human being so when i have control of something it makes me feel better if I think that I'm going to try my hardest and still fail, that makes me feel out of control. But if I know I can contribute to the failure and be fine. You were successful. Then I was successful at failure. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a whole fucked up thing. How does this play out for you? So, okay, so same. And I think in being from... Um, in being from a, f- so how to unpack this? I have seen it in different ways in my hometown, and that's my experience, right? This may not be the experience of everybody who was born and raised in El Paso, but I have seen it in there, especially when you're talking about that proximity to whiteness, mm-hmm. a very like us versus them. We're not Juarez. We're not, mm-hmm. you know, Mexico. We are the U.S. This is the success that we need to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps. Um, and then at the same time, you know, seeing in different ways that, you know, the tropes of the lazy Mexican Mm -hmm. and, um, uneducated and, you know, so on and so forth. So I see that play out in some of the same ways as you do. Um, I probably see it in like the, the small things that I do that are like, I should be doing this, but I'm avoiding it. Mm -hmm. And I'll just keep avoiding because I've already avoided it for the last, you know, five minutes. And I can continue to avoid it and (laughs) do other things because I'm it's just going to snowball. And then finally getting to it and like, oh, this isn't as great as it could have been. And that was just the expectation. Like, oh, I'm par for course, course, cat. Yeah. Like, it wasn't. No one expected any different. Even nope. me, mm-hmm. even me, and it can show up in ways like that procrastination. Yep. Absolutely, it can sh- avoidance, complete avoidance of something, negative self-talk, where your own brain is telling you exactly what you just said. Well, of course not. You're you. Mm-hmm. Like this is your people. This is your history. Of course you didn't meet this thing, and then you can feel successful at the failure. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, of course not. It can be. Um, caving into old habits like I was just mentioning like oh well I did it yesterday mm-hmm. why not cope with this bullshit by drinking another beer like whatever your thing is 
it feels like easy to just go back into that habit. And self-sabotage has this like evil twin called imposter syndrome. Totally related. So for me, when I'm doing the self-sabotage, then I'm like, oh, see, I'm not achieving as much and I shouldn't be here doing this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those twins, those are the one set of twins in my life that I'm like, oh, fuck you both. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to divorce myself from both of them. <gasps> Can I offer some suggestions? Oh, my God. Yes, please. So, Wait, hold on. Before you offer them, are these suggestions you follow? Okay. Offer me suggestions. <laughs> Again with the silence. <laughs> so therapists say mm-hmm. that what we can do is to really try to break it down why are you having these thoughts what is the root of this procrastination avoidance whatever your behavior is that is related to this what's the root of it and for some people it might be going down the path of what's the worst that could happen that's not um, a path that I'm good at. What's the worst that can happen always ends up with like me decapitated in someone's trunk in the Walmart parking lot. So we can't go down that, <laughs> that road. It's very bad. Um, but when I start thinking about what am I afraid of? Okay, this is interesting now. Am I afraid that I will actually be successful and not know what to do with the success? Am I afraid that I will be successful in whatever endeavor and that my peer group will look at me differently. That they will then be like, oh, te crees muy muy, like now mm. you're all good because you achieved X, Y, Z. That's not for us. That's not for our people. That's not for people like us. So now you're not like us. Mm. So this peer group that I'm trying to keep because that feels like my cultura, that feels like my, my home, if those people deny me, then what do I have? So sometimes that's my fear. Another one can be um, to write it down. Write down what you did to, like what behavior was sabotaging and what was it sabotaging? And just try to work it out in that way. Try to work it out in writing if that's your thing because for some people that's their thing to see it on paper and to actually just put it from your brain to a piece of paper can help. Um, Talk about it like we're doing right now. Just put it on the table. Be transparent about shit. Like, if you have a close friend group, be like, guys, if I get my PhD, are you going to hate me? Are you going to think I'm stupid? Like, have those conversations. Mm Because if if you can talk about it and put it on the table, it could quell some of that anxiety that you have around the success, whatever it might be. Um, And I think reframe, just reframing can also be helpful. When you start having that voice in your head saying, like, this isn't for me, of course, that imposter syndrome, you should have never gone for that in the first place. Challenge that. Argue that. Why not? Why isn't it for me? And have that real conversation with yourself. Um, Even if, you know, you can't, there's not a group or there aren't people that you feel comfortable saying it out loud to. You know, when you were talking about... um having success and then what that means to your community, like how that, how mm-hmm. that, how your community might uh, see you differently. Mm-hmm. That reminded me so clearly of, um, grades in grades in like grade or middle school mm. and how, like, if you got straight A's, you were trying to be white. Yep. And then if you got straight A's and you got to be in something, then the white kids were like, 
but of course you couldn't hang with the rest of us and continue to to have that and I felt like a sixth grader all over again Mm -hmm. I think the new school one for me comes with um because we're grown-ups now but I feel like I and I've been guilty of this I've had people in our circle that have been like oh I paid off my house I'm like, oh, must be fucking nice. No, it probably wasn't nice because they probably didn't just get handed a trust fund. They probably worked their ass off, didn't go to Marshall's every goddamn weekend and all the things that I'm doing to blow my fucking money. But I do it too. And where does that come from? So even challenging myself when I'm finding my first reaction is to be critical mm-hmm. versus happy for someone. And this is terrible, but the the most recent episode of this that I caught myself and I was like you need to get your shit together our son just moved out of the house to another state mm-hmm. right moved state in state of confusion state of confusion moved in with two friends um and uh, you know the parents all went and helped them get moved in and all the things and it was great and they're sending me pictures of the house it's a beautiful house it's a two-story house it's lovely um they had it all furnished because all the parents, of course, sent all the furniture and all the dishes and all the things. And lots of it used, some of it new, took them to Target, did all the shopping, all mm-hmm. the stuff, right? This is my kid mm-hmm. who I love, mm-hmm. who I would do absolutely anything for. No question. First thought out of my mind was like, must be nice. Because when I first moved out, what the fuck is that you know what because we busted our asses to make sure that he didn't have to repeat that that he didn't have to live out of an ice chest for a month because they couldn't afford a refrigerator we worked to make sure that he wouldn't be sufrido and then the first thing in my mind was like oh must be nice what the fuck is that and i had to check myself before i said it out loud thank god but that was just it, it that was the first thing that came it felt like a habit to think that way and to mm-hmm. say that until i unpacked it and when i did i was like you dumbass this is my sacrifice that is you know and my husband's sacrifice and the whole family's sacrifice to a point that is allowing him to get a better start than we did and isn't that what we want for people that we love well 100% so yes and 100% you're not the only one. Like, as having four of my mm-hmm. own in a step-parenting situation, there have been some times where I'm like, shit, must be nice to have gotten a car from a parent. Fuck, I didn't right. get that. I had to walk my ass to school, you know. Mm-hmm. And so same. I went down that spiral of like... Mm-hmm. And half of it is I, I want them to appreciate Absolutely. the things. Mm-hmm. And not take it for granted. Yes. And half of it is like, um, just spiteful, like, fuck, jealousy, jealousy. Yeah. Envia. Like, yes. I'm, God, I wish I would have. Mm-hmm. I really wish I would have. It would have made so many things easier. I would have had way more money to spend in Juarez at the bar. <laughs> Someone I would have had a ride to Juarez. I would have had a ride. All of it. Yeah. No, at, I'm hearing a lot of this argument right now with the student loan yes. forgiveness. I had to, like, and what? And what? 
good. It gave you, it didn't give you character. So I don't know what the fuck it gave you. The student loan piece and in New Mexico specifically, this is the first year that we've had enough of a surplus in a budget that we could pay for students mm-hmm. to be able to go to college, you know, with some, with some asterisks, right? Like sure. GPA stuff and things. But, but by and large, there was a, there's a whole, at least for this first year, let's see if it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. There are people who are able to go that would not have had this opportunity, even if they don't quite make the grade, even if they don't like it for me. And I really, I really had to, in the middle of doing my job and listening to the legislation that, that's happening in pass, I really had to think about it myself and be like, even if they quit, mm-hmm. even if like mm-hmm. they get mm-hmm. halfway through the semester, am, did we throw away our money? Right. No. Right. No. Well, what you just said, though, is key. Stopping and thinking about what is the root of this? Mm. Where, why am I sitting where I'm sitting with it? And is that where I want to step into? Is that the space I'm, I'm secure in and that I want to step into? Because not only is it self-sabotage, but we sabotage the people we care about too. Mm-hmm. And complete strangers that we know nothing about. You don't know their life and you're judging, you know, oh, well, you're just going to, of course, you're going to get this, whatever, out of celos, like exactly what you said. So, so interesting, guys. Oh, you made us go down a mental path oh, to check ourselves. And you know, 100% there's other people who are listening who are probably like, oh, well, shit, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the point is to help ourselves check, in particular, it, at this intersection of our identities because sometimes we don't feel we deserve the things, right? Yep. And we have to either team aguantate or team dramatica try to get through it mm-hmm. cope in our different ways and all we want is what our parents wanted or our parents parents or where, wherever the ancestry was that either they came over or they were here when um the change of government happened is just to have a better life yep and trying not to sabotage that happiness and it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be success with a picket fence it doesn't have to be success with buying a house or having two and a half corgis or whatever (laughs) (laughs) i want your corgis madam um it it's success that's defined by however you define it yep yep even if that means a weekly trip to marshall's fuck it go oh i do (laughs) my my favorite two phrases are you don't know my life and treat yourself (laughs) 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 Uh, so okay speaking of treating yourselves and once again moving on to our guest de nuevo shifting gears treat yourself to a new selena album cat we are we need to talk about some remakes and retakes yep so treating ourselves to a new selena album and also to a trailer for the little mermaid yeah um so selena first so Hey, I didn't even know there was a new album. How did I fucking sleep on this? I don't know because you are always on, which makes me a little worried and we should probably have a conversation Sounds about. sabotaging. Yeah, yeah, we should have a conversation <laughs> later. Um, but yes, so Moonchild Mixes is a Selena album that has just been released. And uh, for those of you who are trying to connect the dots, yes, she is still dead. And, <laughs> um, 
<laughs> this is old recordings of her singing when she was essentially a teenager, like a very young singer. So when you first alerted me to this album, mm-hmm. in my heart of hearts, I was like, oh my God, this is what I've been waiting for. Some of the songs that never made it to an album right. that were cut are yes. now going to be put on an album and we can listen to them. Yes. And then I started listening to them and I was like, this is not the album I thought it was going to be. No. Okay, so what did you not like about the album? Other than, other than the fact that it's the same song, different album. So many things. I, w- I wanted to love it mm-hmm. so bad. And I was not even going to listen to it because I didn't want to ruin anything. I, I was not going to listen. And then we were going to talk about it, and I was like, I have to, I have to, right? For the people, I have to do this. Two words, voice aging. <laughs> okay, so question. Before we get into what voice aging is, so you didn't tell me anything about the, the album. You were just like, can we talk about the Selena album? Yes. Didn't say anything. Nope. You were neutral, completely yep. neutral. Yep. Did you know what, what it was about before you listened to the Had album? Had no idea. Okay, so when you listened to the album, were you like, what is this? Yes. I had to stop and look up what the fuck am I listening to because it was so weird to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I could not process what was happening. So I look it up voice aging so apparently they took these old recordings of when she was a teenager and used voice aging to according to her father make her sound more mature which i was not expecting that so a it threw me off and then when i i understood what had happened i was like okay now i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it another chance i'm gonna listen through some of the songs I hated it I hated it so much hated it so I listened before I read what was going on as well mm-hmm. I was like ooh the new album yeah, yeah. I started listening to it and I was like so then I put it on speaker because I had my headphones on and I was like honey do you recognize this voice mm-hmm. and so she sat there for a second and she's like Basically, it sounds like a bad version of Selena, like it's supposed mm. to be, but not. Like, is someone picking up her songs and, like, um, you know, one of those albums that you, whatever, tribute album. Bad karaoke. And then I played the original that I, you know, on YouTube mm-hmm. with the other song mm-hmm. and trying to, for my own ears' sake, listen to what was going on. And then I read about what they did about the voice aging. So what the maturity means is dropping the pitch down. Because mm-hmm. as our, as we get older, you know, that's what happens. We don't sing as the, at the highest pitch unless you're Mar- Mariah Carey. Sometimes you your voice just lowers a little bit. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-mm. One word for you, no. Same. And I really wanted it to be, I wanted it to, to, to be in my corazón like, oh, awesome I really really had that hope what was the miss for you so the miss for me was the pitch like we don't know actually how her voice was going to go there are some performers whose voice stays amazing start to finish you know 
we don't know what was going to happen to her voice. The manipulation of the voice on top of the changing of the songs. Mm. Like the songs were, some of the songs were slowed down. There was like a cumbia version and mm-hmm. a radio play version. And it seemed like a reach. Like either we miss her so much and we're clinging to this idea that she is with us every single day that let's modify so that we can have a semblance of her in our older age or let's capitalize off of something new and drop some an album mm-hmm. that's got a little bit of a spin on it and mm-hmm. we'll call it a day and maybe those two things are they could be completely off i don't know i don't i'm not hanging around the family i have no idea but it just seemed amiss Mm-hmm. It seemed like a strikeout. And there's got to be, an, you know, some tapes of some other or other recordings of other songs that never made it to an album that we could quite possibly listen to. Why not do that? Agreed. I People would have eaten up young Selena, unedited, raw. They could have messed with the music parts not the voice, to make it more modern, whatever. But people loved Selena, and and they continue to know the Selena that was frozen in time because she passed. Mm -hmm. There was no aging. There was no future. There was no anything beyond, you know, that young, young age. And... This, to me, is, is more of a testament not to her legacy, but to, like, technology and what the producers could do with her voice. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, the willingness of her family to continue to monetize their version of her makes me angry. Mm. Because it feels like they never really quite saw her or let her make her decisions or let her be what ultimately made her so remarkable. The designer, the singer, the artist, the all of it, even her intimate relationship, like all of it, they wanted to control. And this feels like another chance to control her, even in her death. So I feel like, you know, part of what made her so lovable was how real she was. She could get up on stage and be a goddess, like body voice amazing and then she'd talk about eating a whole pizza and going to Whataburger Mm -hmm. and it just made she was lovable like people loved that because they were like that's like my homegirl that's like me and my friend after the club or that's that's just like how we are that's how we act that's how we talk her pocha as Spanish the imperfections are why people loved her so to hear an imperfect young voice would have been golden Mm mm-hmm but they fucked it all up. I feel like I'm saying the F word a lot in this episode, <laughs> and I apologize. But it's where I'm at this week. So That's the reina of whose death we are most amiss with. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's the part. But you, you said something that, like, triggered for me. Uh, I don't know. I'm feeling some, some, some kind of way about it is the, the idea of keeping her separate from her identity almost Mm -hmm. in that 
there she was making she was turning a corner like she was a big Whitney Houston fan she was a big hip-hop fan she was turning a corner on the kind of music and we don't know whether or not she was going to walk away from Latine music um, Norteño music cumbia we don't know that she may have just you know I'm going to put this on pause maybe I'll come back to it in a few years pull a Linda Ronstadt with the canciones de mi papa later on in life Seemingly, she was on that route to wanting to do just English only, Mm -hmm. you know, even if for self-expression for a while, and not putting that anywhere in the album. Not they didn't mature her voice on any of those songs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you talking about that, like the other aspects of her identity, really triggered a like, oh, he really does want to keep her in a box and want to keep her in this, in the vision that he had. Yep. And you know, honestly, had she lived. Like the two versions, her her passed away and her living, her passed away is the only way he would have maintained control because he she was on her way to autonomy, being mm-hmm. her own human being, being mm-hmm. married, doing stuff mm-hmm. and things. She could have quit singing altogether and been yeah. at New York Fashion Week. She could have gone in all English and made a complete flop and we would have never heard from her again. Like who knows what would have happened, but that's the point. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Ugh. It, and and him, I say him like it's just the dead. Like I've watched too many documentaries, <laughs> but it feels like that need to control again is so overbearing that it feels gross. Mm. And it made me miss that unfiltered, unsynthesized version of what might have been. I don't think I'm far off by saying that she wouldn't have appreciated this album. Fair. Fair. And that's, you know, that was my... So, in general, when people have passed and they've, you know, tribute albums or remade mm-hmm. or anything like that, like, how, what, where do you land on that? Like, remakes of or... Mm, this, this is clearly not the first time that something has been remastered or redone. So, for example, Foo Fighters just did a tribute concert to their late drummer. The 17-year-old son of said late drummer played the part. Mm -hmm. Dude, even if the kid sucks, you know what? Which he didn't, but even if the kid sucks, it's thoughtful, it's connected, it's related, it's in touch with the audience that's there for this. It's reminiscent of the person they missed every single mark with this album on that point. Mm-hmm. There were so many opportunities, one of which was leave it the fuck alone, mm-hmm. which was like probably the easiest opportunity that was just missed. There's so many other artists who in their, uh, after their passing, you just drop a whole other like Exitos album or best yep. of or compilation of some sort or even taking the B-rolls that no one ever heard and putting them on and still can yep. have the authentic version of who they were. And Absolutely. Not a, and when, you know, there's a remaster of, which is cleaning up like any like in the background or something. Mm-hmm. And then there's like bad mastering. I don't even know what to call this, where you just drop the pitch and no. I, I'm not happy with it. I'm not going to. Hani did ask, like, are you going to buy this? And I'm like, Hell no. no. I couldn't even listen to a whole song. Mm. I couldn't. I I was so disappointed. 
and wanted to cleanse my brain of it <laughs> immediately. You know what was cleansing and a remake that I'm excited about? <gasps> Go. Look at this stuff. Isn't, Isn't it neat? neat? Mm-hmm. Cat. Okay. So growing up, that's my, and still to this day, that is my favorite Disney movie. <gasps> is it really? Absolutely. Oh, okay. That is it for me. Like huh. I, I will even argue that the music after The Little Mermaid for Disney movies was not as good as that album. Wow. Um, and so now we're going to have a live action. Mm-hmm. And here's where my hypocrisy comes in. Mm-hmm. I'm not big on live action. Like Beauty mm. and the Beast, meh. Okay. Cinderella, uh, okay. Fair. The Little Mermaid, I'm all about it. Why? So the only reason that I'm like, I will watch this movie a hundred times over, take my paycheck, <laughs> is because now Ariel mm-hmm. is black. She's black. And I am so excited about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. And I'm loving it. even more than loving the fact that they're doing it with a black character is watching on TikTok TikTok the reactions of <laughs> little um you oh know black children God. or like children of color who are watching it like that's brown Ariel. She looks like me. Oh my God, in tears every single time. Dude, I was bawling today watching these compilation videos mm-hmm. of little black girls and Disney I mean, they obviously know what the fuck they're doing. Sure. The trailer is, you see the mermaid, you hear the familiar music, you're seeing the tail swishing around, you're seeing under the sea, all the things. And it takes a good 15, 12 seconds before you see the face and hear her sing. And then you see a black, beautiful girl. And, and then you see these kids, like just in pure innocence shocked first of all that she's black shocked and then loving that she looks like them mm-hmm. oh, and it's the most precious representation matters a hundred percent yes and so when I'm, I'm hearing about the some of the um reactions that ariel wasn't why can't they keep this like the original ariel wasn't black mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Um, because Sebastian played Caribbean music, and please, God, tell me that in the Caribbean you were going to find a white Ariel. No. So, going back, let's take it way back. So, yes, way back. Disney remaking The Little Mermaid, um, which won't come out until May of 2023. So, we're going to have to hold on to our excitement for a little while longer. But remaking it, this was originally a story that was published in, hold your breath. 1837. Oh, for goodness sakes. Uh Uh-huh. By Hans Christian Andersen. In the original story, there is a description that she has blue eyes, clear skin, so like no acne. I was going to say she's as clear as snow. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's pretty much it. So it's in line. It could be. Sure. You know, and you're talking about the reaction. People are losing their shit. People, there's a hashtag that started in 2019 when her name is Hallie Bailey. She's 22, uh, a singer 
mm-hmm. part of a group with her sister. They've been nominated for five Emmys. What? No, Grammys. Grammys. Sorry. Five mm-hmm. Grammys since 2018. Um, so a known performer. Accomplished. Right? Accomplished sure. performer. Beautiful voice. So she's not coming out of nowhere. Um, but that's not what have pe- has people squawking. They're squawking because she's black. And people are saying... This is going to ruin their childhood, number one. Ruin their childhood. Wow. Mm-hmm. If, that, if that's what you're hanging on to, then... Uh-huh. At, like, how could you change the storyline like that? Oh, good grief. This does not change the storyline. They're like, what if, what if you would make... Why don't you just make Pocahontas white? Um, first of all, the entire story is based on her being indigenous. So no, also not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, people talking about... Why don't you just create new characters that are black instead of taking over old beloved characters that are not supposed to be black? Um, This one is my favorite, though. This argument is my absolute favorite. Ariel is biologically supposed to be white because she lives at the bottom of the ocean and she shouldn't need melanin at the bottom of the ocean because at the bottom of the ocean there wouldn't be sun, so she wouldn't need melanin. Which is, I mean, that's totally wow. rooted in science, but also she's a fucking mermaid. I know, right? She has a tail, for the love of God. How are you going to put all this sh- thinking about fucking melanin? And she's a mermaid. <laughs> that's my favorite one. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Um, so what excuse do they have for a, a crab being able to sing? Like, exactly. at the bottom of the ocean, you can't hear the crab, so therefore... <laughs> what the... It's, what? Have you lost your mind? And the the bottom line, cat. the bottom line is that people are pissed. Why? Because they're racist. Thank you. It's the only explanation. It's the only explanation. The only explanation. <sighs> okay, so I have another take on the trailer. And as you were talking about it, I was thinking about it a little bit more. But, like, when she pops out of the... Look at this trap. So the little like treasure area, the trough that mm-hmm. she has or whatever. Am I saying the it dingle right? hoppers? Dingle hoppers. Mm-hmm. She's saying as a black woman, I'm part of your world. Not just Ariel as the song, but also a black person saying, I'm part of your world. It is it was not lost on me as well that mm-hmm. she is saying I want to be part of this thing mm-hmm. that I don't get to be part of. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to find a way to sell my soul to be part of it. Ah. Dude, yeah. I'm going to give up. I'm going to assimilate. I'm going to give up what I know and assimilate so that I can belong. What the fuck? Wow. I hope that Disney isn't doing this on a fluke or to get new new fans to the story and just trying to pander and be performative about mm-hmm. inclusion. Mm-hmm. I really do hope that they are doing the best effort that they can because it's not, I haven't forgotten yet that despite the fact that they had Coco, they wanted to, oh. they wanted to, um, own, own Dia de los Muertos. Mm-hmm. So like, I really, really hope that they're not just doing something to get yep. an audience and ride this wave of um, black culture appropriation and getting folks into the movie theaters. Agreed. I hope this is just... Uh, and and from reading some of the, the casting news and all of that, they were very much like, she just blew it out of the water. Mm. 
she just had the voice she had the look she had i mean she was just it like Mm -hmm. the minute they saw her they knew she was it and there was no question about oh but she's not redheaded oh but like that was the other thing people were like but ariel's redheaded have you not heard of wigs (laughs) <laughs> and who motherfucking owns wigs like nobody's business black women black people so hello no have you in in the animated movie did you not see that none of her other sisters were redheads mm-hmm. check oh, the paternity that, on that one that was a whole other like erasure of redheads <laughs> bro no wow yeah. Wow. My favorite. The, uh, the depths. The depths that oh, people will go dude, to, to further, justify their yeah. own bullshit. They'll take one nugget mm. of something somewhere. Mm-hmm. Her left toenail yes. in scene six. Yes. Oh my god. No, my favorite uh, memes are them talking about. Well, she, she was obviously white because she was this and this and that. And they're like, uh, y'all are forgetting about Jesus. <laughs> white Jesus <laughs> should have not been white either. But let's not talk about that. Yeah, whole other thing. I I'm here for this though. I hope it's amazing. I'm here for it. I'm ready to rent out a theater. I'm ready to roll down, eat all the popcorn, do all the things. I am here for this whole black aerial. I'm here for the accountability factor and making sure that Disney doesn't fuck up. Not like making sure, but like if they do, if they do this in the wrong way, if they were, if this was only performative, like okay. Don't don't try to get us on this and just get our money and have a marketing plan and not follow through on what it means to to be a responsible media company. Yes, and. Yes, and. Even if they don't. Even if this is a money-making scheme. Even oh, if this is the next step in whatever. This will change the way little brown and black girls grow up because their princess is of color. Mm -hmm. Their hero is now of color. So even if this was not intended to change the lives of small black girls, it will. Mm -hmm. It can. And that is, that's beautiful. Very true. Love that. Very true. So you're going to rent out a theater. Am I invited to this? Yes. All the people. Um, Is it dress up? Because I would actually (laughs) get some seashells on for this nonsense. Wow. Let's do this. Do you love Ursula? You know, Ursula is the sexiest villain ever. (gasps) I would argue. You can argue all you want. She has more curves. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Guess who my sexiest villain is? Um, I know who it is, and I'm looking at her like I can see her in my head. The chick with the Snow White. Like, she was in the Snow White thing. Maleficent? Maleficent. All day, every day. All day? day. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, because what makes her sexy? I don't know. The horns. (laughs) (laughs) So you are not the straightest person I know. (laughs) When it comes to animated, apparently not. I'm here for Ursula all day. <laughs> Love it. So who do you think Ursula is going to be? <gasps> I don't know. Mm. Do we know this? Have, is there like other casting that we're aware of? You know what? Like one step at a time, but I am going to find me an Ursula. Like who is the Ursula? Oh, that's and a good question. Hopefully like drool over that too. Oh, I hope it's, um. what's the name of the guy 
black man always wears like suit up top but then it's a ball gown on oh, the bottom he's in uh yes he's um he's in pose yes uh-huh i would love if it was him yes not curvy though i'll take him not curvy okay he's sexy as hell mm-hmm. Ooh. that would be lovely oh see i told you we're gonna end on a high note this is a high note. This makes me so happy. If you need to smile, watch the TikTok videos of these children seeing themselves represented in a Disney movie because it is glorious and it also reminds me that this is what little white girls got to believe from a very young age and they got to grow up with that in their head that that's what they could be and we missed that. And these kids don't have to. And I am here for that. Mm-hmm. Love it. They got every single, they got the Snow White and the Cinderella. And I don't know how many people need a damn saving so that they can get married. But they had all of that. <laughs> all of them. All of them. All of them needed saving. <sighs> I need some saving. Same. From myself, though, because oh. of self-sabotage. Well, there's <laughs> that, too. Um, but maybe you can get some corgis. So, you know what? <laughs> it'll all be okay great dane is on our list i guess next as a dog that's a whole other thing i know (laughs) any hoot this has been the episodio 42 i was gonna say 45 but that's just my age 42 for september Mm -hmm. (sighs) oh so charlene i have one thing i'm not rubbing this in i am not I am not rubbing this Here we in. Go. No, no, no. Going with this. I got feedback on our last episode or mm-hmm. our last weedy weedy. Mm-hmm. And um, he just wants to have margaritas with us. That's it. Mm. He, was, he just was so entertained. One of our listeners called me up <laughs> and was like, can I just have drinks with you guys and have mm-hmm. a great time? Yes. So it was, it, see, I didn't go anywhere with it other than to say, um, just I didn't want to bring this up, but what the people don't know Mm. is that you are our tireless (laughs) editor (laughs) what the people also don't know is that you edited out the part where you used all the ice and did not leave any ice for my margaritas which okay was a sabotage uh, in itself (laughs) self-sabotage other sabotage (laughs) I was, sabotage. That, no, that was self sabotage. It was selfish sabotage. Yes. So I, I, I actually, I did ed- edit some pieces of that, but that's largely because there was no microphones anywhere near us, and so then it sounded like we were talking like this. We were. It would, yeah. So I had to edit some pieces together to make sure that it was co- uh, coherent. Well, I'm also we were drinking, so I'm we needed to be coherent. Get you an ice maker for Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> but um. We should have margaritas again sometime. Oh, yeah. I really did like yours. Well, I did too. Uh, If only I wouldn't have sabotaged it. You know what I don't sabotage? Our show. It's wonderful. And we are in the middle of season four. We've been around. Oh, my. I, you know, when I first started this, I was like, how long can we go? And then I told you, we sure as fuck better go for 10 years because I got the website for 10 years. We're, so yeah. we have no choice. We're going to give Betty White a run for her money. Ooh. Bocha's 101. Yes. Betty White, 99. Exactly. And where can they find us to be 101? We are always on Instagram, usually on Facebook, hardly on Twitter. And you can always email us at bochapodcast at gmail.com. Send us your comments. You can always leave us a five-star rating. 
uh, and a review, which would be lovely. That would be. Yeah. We would appreciate it. Um, we need to go around town and take some more pictures we really of do. us in our frivolity. Mm-hmm. We are we are on a mission to find frivolity, and uh, that bitch is sometimes hard to find. So <laughs> We will find her, though. We will. So this has been Episodio 42 for the Pocha Podcast. Uh, I'm going to change it up this time and say, I'm not Charlene. Oh, I am definitely not Kat. Uh, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye.